He's the owner of the most educated feet in professional wrestling. Some would call him the professor. Some might call him infamous. We call him the host of the show. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? It's time for the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Fish. Let's get in there. And we're in there. Best guy ever. Are you in there yet? The best. Could you see it? I'm in there. You in there? I'm like, in. The Why? Can't turning. tell. Nope. <laughs> That's what the gerbil said. <laughs> when he went through that brawn yeah, paper towel you know. Brawny paper towels and gerbils. That's what this episode is about, boys. It's going to be the title of the episode. Yes. Appropriately... <laughs> Uh, our guest this week on gerbils and paper towel rolls is none other than Matt the gerbil Taven. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm getting a full gerbil outfit. I'll be taking this act on the road. So if you want mm-hmm. any pictures with the real mm-hmm. life gerbil and hear all the st- stories about my journey, yeah, how I could make it. <laughs> the gerbil's journey. Rolls, I can make it through. <laughs> the gerbil's journey will be released in the spring. <laughs> it is the memoir of Matt Taven, and I have an announcement to make, gentlemen, right here on the Demipod. Um, I am currently transitioning into a gerbil. <laughs> 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 I signed up. It's an experimental surgery, but I'm going for it. Nice. Are you going to be a full size? Are you going to be your size as a gerbil, or are they going to I'm, shrink you down? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shave a little bit off the top, okay. so I'm gonna be a 175 pound gerbil. Oh, all right, yes. all yes. right. So I will be the biggest gerbil known to man. I don't think you're making it through many paper towel rolls if that's the case. That's just my theory. I'm going to say doesn't work. All depends. All, <laughs> yeah, depends. all depends. All depends. Big, big uh, yes. Yes. And another the- announcement, boys. Uh, new sponsor this week. Depends. <laughs> <laughs> Adult much diapers. To the, much to the internet's delight because we all know how old Bobby is. Yes, and I'm wearing one right now. That's how you get all the way through this interview, Bobby. Week yes, ladder, it so is. No breaks. In front of the camera for an hour. Right. No breaks during these recordings. Nope. <laughs> so if you hear or smell anything, <laughs> don't uh, don't be alarmed. It's just me. Smell a vision. <laughs> Yeah. All right. That's a great spot. I think you know the Depends <laughs> company is going to be very happy with that reading of yes. that read. Of course, of course, <laughs> you will. nailed it. We aim to please here, Matt David. We aim to please. You don't even have we to are, aim with the Depends. We are we the don't. shits. We don't. Yeah. Oh boy. I want you guys to see that. Um, that's legit. Best now. Ever. What is the thought behind having ever in a different uh, font? It's in cursive. It's almost like it's sarcastic. You know what I mean? Best guy ever. Yeah. No. <laughs> There's no sarcasm there. I don't know. I don't know. Why wouldn't it? No, be if, there were, if it was meant to be sarcastic, it'd be in quotations. Ooh, it'd have quotation right. marks. Nope, you're right. Come on. Come on. 
That's legit. That's sincere. And there would be in finger quotations. <laughs> Who'd you finger? In quotation. The quotation. <laughs> There's an indie wrestler who you wouldn't know. <laughs> he arrested for that. The quotation. Right. He was going up and down the East Coast. Mm-hmm. He was killing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was actually Jerk Johnson. Jerky Johnson. Oh, come on. Jerk Johnson. Jeez. Jerk it's been Jackson. A while I've heard that. Jackson. He was the sixth Jackson. I don't know. Jerk Johnson sounds. There was better. Jermaine. There was Michael. There was Jerk. Tito. Have Tito, you ever been to Gary, Indiana? Latoya, Randy. Gary Coleman? No. Yeah. Have you ever seen him? No. Have you ever been to Gary, Indiana, where the Jacksons are from? I've been to Gary, Indiana with Gary Coleman. Wow. <laughs> that outdoes my story. Yeah. Well. So I'll just stop telling uh, it here. No, Gary, uh, Indiana looks like Baghdad these days it looks like a really? bomb hits it oh my god it's it's one that i i went there because i wanted to see michael jackson's childhood home michael jackson okay. one of my favorite artists of all time <laughs> and there's a a giant jackson five mural and gary but in his childhood homes there it's very tiny but uh the rest of the city is terrifying it looks like a, a bomb has hit it everything's like boarded up out of business wow. yeah you don't want to be in gary indiana it's like no. albany no, Albany's okay. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you got two guys on here right now that'll give you the lowdown. I mean, the last time we were there for Impact, we were in a little bit of a rough area, but uh, it's, it was okay. Uh, I suppose. <laughs> Are we talking about <laughs> Albany? It depends on yeah. where in Albany you were going. Yeah, what, well, we that? were at the Armory. The Armory. Oh, yeah, so you were yeah. you were near Arbor Hill. That's not the good part. No, no. I mean, are you saying good sarcastically? Is that a real good or is that like, a, oh, that's not the good part? Yeah. It's not I'm, the good I'm part. I don't know. There's no, for the, I think for like the first time in my life, that wasn't sorry. Like Arbor Hill's not where you want to be. Gotcha. No. Gotcha. Yeah. No, it didn't seem like a place I wanted to hang out long. Mm-mm. Hey, Dennis, is that a major league hat? It is. It's it's the Cleveland Indians from the from the movie. Ricky Vaughn. From it's from Martin Baseballism. If you look oh. over my my shoulder though, that's the jersey. Oh, the jersey. Oh wow. Like just watched the movie or something. What's going on here? Who I don't yeah, I don't what's that's going on. Here? By Charlie Sheehan. Frank, if you were to turn your head and had the haircut, I I'd pop big for you. I don't know. I, no, I don't. Or even the little skull between your glasses. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that too. Yeah. That too. If you're like, if you look over here and then came back with it, oof. <laughs> with the skull in your glasses. Yeah, yeah, save plan. that. Save that. Uh, Don't do it next week or anything. Like two months yeah. from now, bust that one up. I was going to say like two years, but then again, <laughs> no, we're I'm probably here. not on in two years. <laughs> Long term. We're probably not doing this two years from now. <laughs> I'll be nice. busy shitting my pants. Shit in my <laughs> Well, I mean, that depends sponsorship could keep you guys going for a while. It could. Not it to could. mention, I if mean, we were going on your time frame, that only gives us three months. Yeah, but people so, only get older, so there'll be more um, AARP members after me. Bobby, you don't get older. 
<laughs> what are you talking about? I get more no charming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're the Benjamin Button of wrestling, I heard. I am. <laughs> I'm the Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> you were struck by lightning. <laughs> I think the... there'd be a lot of happy people on the internet if that got reported. No, <laughs> you're far down on the internet lightning. <laughs> yeah, pole. you don't get that much hate anymore. If I got struck by lightning, could you imagine? <laughs> could you no, imagine if people that, would if you be like that out tomorrow, like you read the wrestling headlines tomorrow. I'm already planning the Bobby Fish Memorial Tournament. <laughs> but I mean, all those people oh, that ever said anything bad about you, you know, would be like, you know, I always respected Bobby Fish. <laughs> really sad <laughs> that we lost such a, right. a great wrestler today. Right. Yeah, yeah, it'd be it'd be just like Shoot that. His so maybe, I mean, maybe we should try to make this happen. Off? You're you want to get hit by lightning? lightning? Yeah. Yeah. You're on the wrong side so. of Florida. Mm, well. Come over to the golf. The... Get your favorite umbrella. We could figure uh -huh. this out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Grab a golf we club. You'll be all right. That could be your whole second act of life. Lightning survivor, Bobby Fish. Right, and then then that's where the depends come in too, because oh. I'm pretty sure getting struck by lightning probably makes it hard to control your uh, movements, foul movements. But you got to shit in the ring because no one's gonna blame you, right? Everyone's well, gonna no like, one's gonna believe getting me. through it. I can't believe. No it. one's gonna believe me if I just talk about it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I gotta, I gotta, yeah, I gotta produce the fruit. You know. <laughs> They want to see the scar from where the lightning came in and the yeah. shit come out of your pants because clearly <laughs> the lightning loosened up your sphincter. Yes. That'd be yeah. awesome. No half step in here. Everyone, that's a classic lightning strike. <laughs> Everyone knows those. that's what happens. Yes. And it'll serve as a warning to the rest of the world. Yeah, you got to clinch. Beware of lightning strikes. If you're in a thunderstorm, you better clinch. You know? yeah. yeah. And appreciate what you have every day. Like, appreciate your ability to control your bowel movements. Yeah, yeah. Someday it's you won't. It's a journey. It's a gerbil's journey. <laughs> it's a gerbil's journey. Full circle. Right. So, <laughs> before we lose... Every listener, um, <laughs> <laughs> where are we here, Frank? Because we haven't I'm, even uh, started. Are we recording? Yeah, oh, yeah, we had, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. oh, yeah, we're, we're, ten, we're that's a good solid 10 minutes. Yeah. We're 10 minutes in, Cat Daddy. That, that was quite the preamble. <laughs> um, it was right. our start of podcast, right here, boys and girls. Yeah, and at least you did introduce our guest, like we. We didn't just ramble for ten minutes. Oh, by right. the way, <laughs> yeah. For the for the people listening at home and not watching this on Premier Streaming Network, which right. they should be, fuckers. All right, let's get on track. Let's get on track. track. Bobby, get us back on track. That's what you're known for. Not fields, but track. <laughs> all right good this is great this, you, i think here you did we it go <laughs> here we go we're back and we're back matt taven 
That's me. Still here. Still here. Were you a fan of pro wrestling growing up? <laughs> what, what is with you? That was the weirdest. That makes me not want to be a fan just because of the way you asked that question. Uh, yeah, I was a giant, insane, you know, little kid wrestling fanatic. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know the exact day. I can remember the like um, time period. The Ultimate Warrior was champion. So I was another like, one, Ultimate Warrior fan. Uh, well, I, I was definitely like five ish. So, like, my great uh, uncle, I guess you would say, my uh, grandfather's brother came to stay with us one weekend. He was a giant wrestling fan and uh, he had me change the little knobs on the side dial. Kids, you might remember this the TVs had knobs on the side. Bobby, you, that was in your prime. And uh, so he made me yes, change the it was knobs. right after. The, uh, Civil War. It was right after the Battle of Little Bighorn. Yeah, when you wrestled Lincoln, I believe. Yeah, it was actually called the La the, um, the Battle of Little Bighorny because it was um, there was a lot of uh, sex horns, and that's where the gerbil's yes. journey began. Um, <laughs> it's all and, and my journey began with wrestling as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, okay. So answer me this: a serious question. Riddle me. Um, Matt Riddle. So was, were you privy to at least like the tail end of Hulkamania or was yeah. that to, okay. Yeah. So you like got Hulk, Hulk was a little Hogan like, on his uh, way out, warrior on his way up. Yeah, So it's like 90. I remember the 91 rumble very vividly as like a kid, like begging my mom for the magazine at the store and uh, like seeing Hogan, you know, going into to WrestleMania and the Warrior lost to to, um, to Slaughter. And I was devastated at that because at that point getting in, I, like Hogan seemed kind of old to me, which is hilarious because he's, you know, probably 35 or something at the time. Uh, but I was more of like a, a Warrior Macho Man guy, but I was definitely yeah. towards the end of, of Hulkamania there. But 92 is like my favorite year of wrestling. If, if I was to throw on wrestling probably right now, like I'll – do tonight probably on the way to bed it, it'll be something in in the 92 yeah. year range well i'll say this i think as fans growing up like we were more and maybe it's the internet i don't know but we were more well behaved as fans like <laughs> i didn't care to know how old anybody was i just thought everybody was like my dad's age but they kicked ass and i you know and i was just like well if my dad lifted weights like he'd be jacked too I, I, <laughs> I think not it's true. We didn't but. have access to that information. You know what I mean? Once yeah. people started having access to it, that almost became more important than the wrestling itself, which. Yeah, you didn't think so. about it. It and doesn't I mean, I make guess, any sense. With, with all sports, like uh, free agency, like hot stove baseball, and, uh, yeah. you know, when, when basketball free agency goes crazy, you know, people almost. They've they've moved towards the back end of sports than what what is actually on the the field or the court or in the ring um, yeah. these days. So I guess it's just kind of the way the world is shifting. Shitty. Yeah. <laughs> we, we sound old. <laughs> no, no, wise. I believe is what you meant to say. <laughs> but I I think that those are valid assessments and i think that like pro wrestling is one of the worst as far as any sort of form of entertainment that almost eats itself like yes. the fans 
insatiable appetite to know stuff other than what they're supposed to know is like it ruins fandom it it makes it like and then everybody has an opinion and they want their opinion to be heard as far as like oh well this heel is good at that and this storyline was good for this reason and it's like you're you're eating the business you're not supposed to know these things like you're not supposed to have those opinions there's two quotes that i always think of and one's a tweet that i can't remember who said it but it was no one hates wrestling more than wrestling fans and in a lot of ways that's true you know what i mean it really is there's no one that tears down wrestling more than wrestling fans themselves it's not like outside influence into you know ripping down the system and maybe you could say that before in the 90s or when the federal government was going after vince or in the 90s when they were trying to get him off tv for certain you know risque stuff they were doing in the attitude era yeah there was outside sources trying to bring down wrestling but now it all comes from the inside and um a guy who helped train me who was like the understudy trainer at at spike dudley school said you know at, at before you would wrestle to earn fans respect and now the fans want you to respect their opinion and so yeah. it's like we've really kind of flipped the the mindset of of what you go out there to achieve you know what i mean instead I of uh achieving like a, a story that's that's told to an audience now you're almost waiting for an audience to make a gif of you because that will be more you know talked about and spread and get you out there more than if you went out there and told this fantastic story of working someone's leg or something you know what i mean but um such is such is the wrestling world but uh, i I'm, i'm i'm still a sucker for a good story which is why my my favorite wrestling time is definitely early 90s and i i think most people go pr- probably back to when they fell in love with wrestling in the first place so yeah um, i'm sure i'm no different than anyone else no i agree i agree yeah well um all right so ultimate warrior <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> yes the warrior well because i mean uh, we'll, we'll get off our soapbox here we'll, uh, continue on with this um i've already showered today so Oh, nice. Um, I haven't yeah. showered yet. Okay. But well, I mean, that, you though. got time. It's only 7 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, it's early. Yeah. It's early. Days of, no, days a nice shower before bed. Some people are a pup. It, but I think if you go to bed clean, you have the, you know, you have a nice, comfortable sleep. You got nothing to worry yeah. about. Maybe wet hair sucks, but everything else, you know, you're feeling yeah. fresh. <laughs> fresh and clean. Yes, Bobby. Yes. yes. And the podcast comes to a screeching. <laughs> All right. So we go from Ultimate Warrior to. So were you uh, privy to. Because this is, this is early 90s. So were you familiar with any uh what would eventually become wcw and and any of that stuff or was it all just wwf so i mean i grew up in the northeast which is wwf territory and uh i I was getting mostly on tv wwf stuff and i really kind of found out about nwa 
and, okay. and WCW through like trading cards and the action oh, figures. Okay. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, you, you get that relative that doesn't really know you that well, but knows that you're into wrestling and shows she just buys you whatever she finds at the store. And you're like, what the <laughs> right. hell is this? Right, like, right. You know, a yeah. Barry Windham action figure, yeah. which years yeah. later, I'm like, what did I do with that Barry Windham action figure? <laughs> at the time, I was like, who's this guy? Um, yeah. But through that, it made me, you know, interested in finding other wrestling. And I was right. Like, my 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 go-to was always um to go food shopping with my mom as a child but this was back in the day where you could leave your kid at the magazine stand and go food shopping the entire time yeah. and you so could I'm, also beat your children then oh right in public too in public, I, I'm, yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure i was beaten in that grocery store numerous yeah. times numerous <laughs> yeah times. i mean i'm pretty sure growing up like i witnessed um people flog their children yeah, I'm pretty sure I didn't even do anything. And I don't even think it was my parents that were beating me. I no, think you definitely parents. didn't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, you I think it was just parents that hadn't gotten their beatings out for that day. They were just yeah. finding kids and yeah. just yeah. Like, slapping them around a little bit. Right. It did yeah. not need to be warranted at all. No, 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 no. If you no. go through the 12 items or less lane and they say you have 14, you go beat that kid that's right by yeah. there. You know what yeah. I mean? You beat the kid. It's, Take it out on the kid. Always. Yeah, the good old days, I believe, is what yep. they're called. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what they're called. Yes, sir. You're right, Mr. David. But um, so like while she would be food shopping, I'd be just crushing every wrestling magazine that was, yeah. that was in the grocery store and kind I of did discovering. That too. All I the other that stuff that was out there. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'd always beg my parents to bring me to wrestling shows. And my, my parents didn't. They were not wrestling fans. They didn't understand why I loved it so much. But right. um, and, and we would go to some shows at the Garden. Uh, but that would be every once in a while where WWF was in town. So I, I remember going to a couple of independent shows before I really knew what independent wrestling was. Yeah. And like seeing like Killer Kowalski, you know, and not really knowing who that was, but knowing how everyone else um, a approached him and how they right. all, you know, looked at him. I was like, oh, this must be someone. So I definitely, you know, as a kid was more of a, a WWF guy uh, just because that's what we had the most access to. But I was trying to find any wrestling uh, possible uh, yeah. because I, I was pretty obsessed with it right away. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so when did you have the epiphany of like, you know, because I know growing up, I would joke with my friends about becoming a wrestler, but I never really treated it with any actual seriousness because you didn't know how to become one. It was yeah. like a mystery, you know, yeah. and like tough enough and that stuff hadn't really come out when I was you know, until I was approaching young adulthood. So when did you start to seriously consider like, well, I want to find a place to get trained? Well, I always wanted to, I always, you know, said I wanted to, to be a wrestler. Um, again, I had no idea how to go about that either. And it's funny because, you know, you run into like Mike Bennett, for example, started training at 15. And yeah, it's crazy. I, I had no idea where to go at 15. Like, I don't yeah. you know what, what am I know? Um, right. But of course, I backyard wrestled like anyone else. And, and actually, yeah. Warbeard Hansen, uh, I, I, I met him in the backyard wrestling leagues of my hometown. <laughs> yeah, uh, We grew up in the, in the same hometown. So it's kind of funny to see two guys that, that used to backyard wrestle with one another. 
Uh, old handsome Johnny. Oh yeah, good old handsome. Handsome Johnny. Um, but you know, kind of, I always wanted to do it, and I think my parents always kind of was desperately trying to talk me out of it. Which, yeah. looking back on it, was smart. Even though I wish I did both at the same time. I wish I went to, to college and started training uh, at the same time. But I didn't start training till 23, until after I graduated from school. And um, kind of got bit by the bug. You know, went to see another kid that used to backyard wrestle with, with me and Hanson there. Um, I heard that he was just doing, like, independence. I had heard Hanson was doing independence, too um in the area and and so me and a couple other friends that i grew up with uh went to check him out or like check out the show and instantly i was like i could do this i'm in way better yeah. shape than all these guys here <laughs> and like you know you you think right. like oh this independent i could take this over in a heartbeat it'll be like here yeah. and then wrestlemania the next day those that'll, yeah. that'll be the, the stuff yeah um, yeah so you know it, i kind of at that point and ugh, there's a weird story about well Weirdly, the murder like of Chris Benoit. <laughs> or the, whoa, the whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Yeah. The murder suicide of the Benoit family is kind of what got me back, got me into wrestling, to, to be honest with you. It was like one of those things <laughs> where, yeah, weird, right? But this is where um, I it. This is what happened. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those things where I hadn't seen a lot of my friends that I grew up with watching, that I used to watch wrestling with and all that stuff. I, I hadn't uh, seen them in a while. We hadn't got back together. And we were some of us were playing basketball in a men's league together. And that news came down through like friends of friends of friends started saying what was happening. And we were like, let's all get together. Let's watch. Let's watch Raw. What the hell's going on? This is crazy. So we all wow. got together like we used to do when we were kids and watch wrestling that night. And I was kind of like bang, like right back into it. Like my same mindset I had as a kid of like, this is what I want to do. Why did I ever think of anything else? Right. So weirdly that kind of got me yeah. <laughs> into the swing of things. And then I started yeah. reaching out to, um, you know, places around new England and there was a bunch of different places to, to train in new England, but I ended up at uh spike Dudley school, spike Dudley's uh, lockup Academy in fall river. Wow. Uh, that's interesting. Um, I have a, uh, not, I, I mean, I guess it's somewhat similar, but like, I'll, 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 uh, make it nice and quick here, but, um, reading the dynamite kids autobiography, because I was such a fan of his, um, yeah. growing up. And when he disappeared from WWF TV, I had no idea, you know, there was no internet or what whatever. Yeah. I didn't know where he went. I had no, you know, he was just gone. And, um, I was working for a marketing company. Um, I had finished college. I didn't have any clue what I was, you know, going to get into. And, uh, I saw that book on a shelf and picked it up for the purpose of, I was on the road with this marketing company with four people I didn't know. So like, there wasn't a lot of conversation. So <laughs> yeah, I was so like, I was going to spend my time. Yeah. I'm going to read. And I saw that book and had always wondered what the hell happened to the guy. So I'm like, you know, I'll pick it up. And, and I read it and his book, which would certainly uh, fit the mold of like, okay, this is why you don't become a professional. <laughs> yeah. Um, a 
But you actually picked up a pamphlet did. on what not to do or why not <laughs> exactly. to be a wrestler. You were exactly. like, right. Steroids make your heart too big and, you know, and flip out and, you know, beat your wife and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I don't want to speak ill of the, um, of the man, uh, but it, you know, it's, it's well known anyway. Um, it was the first time. And then tough enough and all that stuff is coming out that like, I realized like, Oh wow, you just go get trained. Yeah. You find somebody to train you and then you wrestle. And I still didn't know like independence at that point. I didn't understand that concept. I didn't know what that was. So I was still a little bit, um, it wasn't until like um, probably ring of honor that I started to really see like, Oh, there's a path. Yeah, because the independents that I knew before that were awful. You know, I mean, they were the local, you know, what was that one that we did, Taven, all the way back? I, New Breed? I put the I put the marker on my face and made a little mustache. And well, let's we'll just leave it there. But No Limit Pro, that one, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Like Wolverine. That, that uncensored show that they ran, they, they were bad. They were oh bad. well. It's funny that you bring that up because that. The, so there was two guys that ran it. One was a younger guy. That younger guy is actually someone who we backyard wrestled with again. Me, really, Hanson. Yeah, he was in our backyard wrestling league as well, and wow. part of the kind of one of the reasons that like got me into wrestling. You know, wow. I was like. Uh, they, he was the one that I went and saw. I was like, these guys are all dog shit. I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, one day I want the the payoff of that story to be, and that, you remember that young guy? that, that That's Randy Orton. <laughs> and that's John Cena. <laughs> you know, I want that to be the payoff. <laughs> <laughs> we ran uh, that guy that no one thought would ever make it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how things got going for me was just luckily. And, and like you, I had no idea where to start, but luckily people that I knew had, had gotten started and gotten their, yeah. their foot in the doors and different, you know, Hanson obviously was with chaotic, um, yeah. which was way more professional and stuff, but I ended up choosing uh, spikes and fall river because that was just closest for me. Cause right after okay. school, I started working for a craft sports group uh, for, the New England Patriots and the revolution. And so I was at the stadium every day. And so uh, I'd go from the stadium to, to wrestling training. And I just remember, you know, I was in a cubicle and, you know, and, and a little, you know, button up and, and tie and stuff. And I was like, this is not what I want to do. Yeah. And I remember Everybody's seen office space. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I punched a, a fax machine. <laughs> Um, no, but I remember walking outside and, and, you know, my parents, like I said, were never big wrestling fans. Mm -hmm. So I remember walking outside thinking, uh, my dad was going to talk me out of this. And I said, Hey, uh, I think I'm going to quit and do this wrestling thing. And he was like, you're only young once go for it. And I was like, Oh, so that a boy dad I put my two weeks in that day. And, uh, here I am now talking to you fine fellas, huh? So yeah. it all worked out. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> Now you finally made it. Today you've you've made it. That's a gerbil's journey all the way to yeah. here. The gerbil's <laughs> journey all the way to this ending. <laughs> all right. Um well let's just fast forward. Uh you're 
trained. Spike Dudley did the honors. And then uh, here come the Indies. And I remember you um, being a New England guy. That New England had its own sort of um, just like circuit. And it, and it was, uh, you know, certain you, you came to know certain people. Uh, Albany being closer to New England than like New York City. I actually, um, on the come up, was called a New England guy quite yeah. a bit. I actually um, knew of you as a New England guy. It blew my mind when I found <laughs> out that you were at the end of the Mass Pike. <laughs> yeah. Um, I figured the nasally upstate New York accent would give it away, but, you know. No, nah, you could pass for Northampton All right. in the woods, kind of hippie-ish. <laughs> Especially at the time when you looked like... Uh, when you looked like uh, Nicholas Cage with the long Nicolas hair. Nicholas Cage from Conair. Yeah, I mean, you could have definitely got away with with you know Adams, Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, work in the Indies. When did you start to think, okay, um, this can be my career? Like, truly, be be my career. I got really lucky. Um, and I think most, most of it has to do with just like the new England scene at the time. So many guys have come out of new England to, to do so many different things. I mean, we, we consider you part of our new England crew, so <laughs> we'll, we'll put you on the list. All right. Uh, but like Eddie Edwards, Tommaso, Bennett, me, Hanson, whatever it is, Ivar, you know, die Jack, Carmelo Hayes is out of, yeah. out of the area. You know, there's so many guys. Oh, he's a new Englander. Carmelo Hayes? Huh? Yeah, Car yeah. Carmelo yeah. He's a, a, he's a chaotic guy. guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, Vincent, like, it just, there's, there's so many New England guys that, that were all coming up at the same time as me. So I just kind of got lucky to always be wrestling such good guys and guys yeah. that were, had the same goals. Yeah. Excuse me. That I did. You get any, um, any of that on you? Huh? Yeah, I, I swallowed it. Um, oh, it's, okay. I'm regretting it right now. I should have just let Good. it go. It would have been better yeah. for uh, the podcast. Yeah, let it out. Um, <laughs> just yeah. me throwing up and crying. That's right. how I started. Right. Right. I'm just real nervous. And, and uh, just to backtrack a second, uh, your recipe for success was basically that you sucked, but the people around you were good. Yeah, so, everyone around me was good, and I was up, bad, kids. and I was swallowing my feelings <laughs> and my throw up at all times. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's how it worked. Um, yeah. and, and you're fortunate. I, I got in with a, with a couple of good spots, and uh, I think Northeast Wrestling was kind of one of those first ones. They sold out the Mid Hudson Civic Center, and yeah. I remember being on a show with like all these stars, and uh, you know they they ended up putting their their title on me in the in the civic center i remember looking around being like this is a building that had raw and like you know superstar yeah. like i remember like from the mid hudson civic center and here i am standing <laughs> yeah. in a sold out civic center like oh this this might actually work yeah um so it, it was kind of like a it, it was a little bit of a snowball you know effect after that things just kind of kept picking up and obviously um, I think everyone hits these these plateaus and they have to kind of yeah. figure out an, a new route to, to keep moving in the direction they're looking for. 100%. But for me, it was a lot of it was kind of following a lot of the guys who were, 
you know, me and Mike are roughly the same age, but Mike started eight years before me because he started yeah. training at 15 and I didn't start till at I was eight. 23. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He started, right. yeah. He was training at right. eight and, uh, but like Tommaso, we're all the same age, but yeah. these guys have been around longer than me because they started before me. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, lucky enough to follow them to ring of honor and kind yeah. of be one of those guys that's like i'm here and if you need anything i'll be the guy over in the corner and uh, please hi if i so that was your in for for ring of honor was was like those guys were getting burned and and you were traveling with them was that kind of the the yeah the process? i mean you know, and, and like you, you'd run across so many people by that point, the uh, Kevin Kelly's and the Bob Evans of yeah. the world. And they are telling yeah. you like when Tommaso and Bennett go to the HD net tapings in Philadelphia, you go with them, you know? Yeah. That's like, yeah. I mean, how hard is that? I, I, I'll just, I'll we all did it. show my face and, and try to look, you know, like I'm, I'm there to be a good hand in any way anyone needs it. I'll set up the chairs, yeah. but like at the same time, I, I brought was the gerbils. Yeah, hey, I, I got plenty of gerbils. I got the stories of their journeys. Um, I got the gerbils. <laughs> but like at, yeah, at that point, I was, that gerbil guy. <laughs> I was very happy to just be there because uh, yeah. I think a lot like you, um, I had seen a Ring of Honor show after seeing a lot of shitty indies. I remember the, they, they came to the Case Gym in Boston. And it was probably the night, I think it was the night Steen and Generico won the titles. And I remember thinking like, this place is on fire. You know yeah. what I mean? There's so many yeah. people in here packed in this gym and they are passionate. It reminded me of ECW, which, yeah. you know, being in New England, I, I used to go to all the ECW shows as a kid. Um, yeah. <laughs> getting picked up by my dad covered in blood and beer and, you know, <laughs> sweat. And I, I remember yeah. one time I, I must've looked like I was, you know, just came out of a bar fight at a fraternity house or something. And my dad was like, where, what is going Like, where the hell am I dropping you off? I was like, dad, it's ECW. Like you don't understand. It's right. like the coolest thing ever. Uh, so, you know, it's don't embarrass me, it, me, dad. That, that same feel to it. So I, I yeah. wanted to be at ring of honor. So, um, yeah. Being around, you know, you were also getting looks at the same time. And I remember um, that's when they started the camps. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, did I remember the, the camps now. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did the first camp and I remember Jim Cornette going, you know, Matt Taven, you're like a puppy with big paws. <laughs> One day you're going to be eating at the, at the dinner table with everyone else. But today you got to go back and sit at the kid's table. I was like, you <laughs> motherfucker. Because at the time, you know. I, first off, at the time, it was the first time I ever heard that. I, I understood what he was saying, but I was like, I, I have big paw. I'm a big dog. And, you know, I was still brand new. I had, I didn't I'm a big dog. I'm a big dog. How do you not see that? I was like, woof, woof. make way for the dog. Woof, woof. Woof, woof. Your dog metaphor doesn't work because I'm a big dog. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, he should have shit on his lawn. <laughs> That would have been awesome. You're right. I just pissed yeah. on his leg. Yeah. <laughs> you you pissed on my leg. Don't piss on my leg. But um, I remember kind of going away for a year. Not not going. I didn't go to prison. <laughs> or going away <laughs> oh for a God. year. Doing my time. time. Yeah. <laughs> but like going away from Ring of Honor for a year, coming back to another one of those tryouts, feeling like, okay, I think I've figured out everything they, yeah. they told me to work on. And um, yeah. 
then me and you were were down at the Dewburns, and I believe me, you, Silas Young, ACH, Adam Page, all signed with Ring of Honor on the same day. Yeah. 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 Quite the I class. mean, it's definitely a process. Quite the class, yeah. Yeah, when you think you're you. ready, like, what's that? There was plans for you right away. Like, you were one of the ones that they had, like, all right, Bobby's coming in, and then there was, like, we have some projects. Like, Matt Taven, Adam Page, you'll you'll figure it yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got I got very lucky, too. Um, they, they were putting me with Kyle, and we just happened to have, like, instant chemistry. Great so, chemistry. like, I, I was very fortunate in that way. Um, I think both of us were. <clears throat> um, but I, I think, you know, part of what sticks out to me with, with your story here is that, you know, at different stops along the way, you think you're ready and you look back and you realize like, oh my God, I was so not ready. Embarrassing. Yeah. Embarrassingly yeah. unprepared for <laughs> what I thought I was totally capable of. Um, and I think about the dumb shit I must have said on the drive down. home, like, pfft. They don't know. I'm <laughs> so much better shit. than this guy yeah. and that guy. Oh, and how don't they see this? Yeah. Uh, it's probably yeah. dog shit. <laughs> yes. I know I was. I know for a fact. I, I mean, I'm holding out hope I wasn't. But, you know, just in case anyone has the, <laughs> yeah. the video evidence, I'll, I'll say, no. I guess I was dog shit. You may actually be able to find that video ev evidence on our streaming network that this podcast airs on, but who knows? Ah, uh, this is true. I this mean, they true. did film everything that we did at, like, the ROH camps. And I, oh, my God, if there is a film of the first promo I did at the first camp. It is so <laughs> bad. I remember like not, they like, they like stopped me during it. Cause it was just so bad. And I was yeah. like, wait, I'm not done. I like, <laughs> I got some yeah. good shit here, you know? And they were like, please <laughs> just stop. <laughs> That's a whole learning experience in and of itself. The, the, you know, the, the art of the promo, especially before you find your voice. Oh, like before you you have it figured out, it's um, it's nerve wracking and it it's it does suck. It, sucks. it does suck. And the worst situation, like the other thing that you're not really prepared for, is like it's it's a very intimate setting when you're cutting promos directly into a red camera. Like I always found yeah. a red light. Uh, I always found myself to have a very more comfortable time if i was cutting it in a ring with like live people to work off of yeah but like at those roh tryouts i remember i went into this little storage room and there was just a camera on a tripod with a red light yeah. and i forget the guy's name operating it he was a good guy but then it was jimmy jacobs who i was a huge fan of was Kevin it Samoa Kelly. joe huh was that the guy's name Samoa joe yeah, yeah, Mojo, he was a great camera <laughs> operator. I wonder what happened yeah. to him. Um, <laughs> Jimmy right. Jacobs, Kevin Kelly, and Jim Cornette. You know what I right. mean? And I'm thinking about like, I, suck, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I'm thinking of like, I read his writs and they were well written writs. You know what I mean? All like the uh, classic Jim Cornette stuff. I'm like, I don't even know how to cut a promo. I have to do one in front of yeah. Jim Cornette in a red light. I'm just like yeah. instantly sweating bullets. It was, yeah, uh, of course. It was quite the learning experience. I, I remember coming back the second time a lot more prepared, but yeah. it, I, I'm sure the first time I, I thought I had it and then walked in there and was like, Pfft. 
Yeah, well, I think what happens, I think what the default, everybody goes, you know, you, you're under that pressure the first time before you've, like, it's one thing to know the pressure is going to be there. It's another thing to experience it for yeah. the first time. And you're, you're going to default to something. And I think the thing that most people default to is, is what we watched growing up and what you think is pro wrestling. So you end up doing a, a caricature you end up playing pro wrestler um you and see it's, bobby it's awful when you step into the ring with me bobby and then you'll be looking up at the right. lights when you hear the one two three and the referees right. in my hand right. we had our little school uh in rhode yeah. island and it was so funny because the first day i would always try to make kids cut a promo because it's the hardest thing to do so just kind of get them yeah. out of their shell and every single promo was exactly the same. Yeah. All the people in the back. And when I come down to the ring and get into yeah. this between these yeah. ropes, you're going to be looking at the lights. And when you hear the one, two, three, and I was like, God damn, those are the promos I was cutting when I first started. <laughs> well, and the best part about that is that at that time, you you sort of develop this like toolbox of those cliches and those yeah. catchphrases and you think you're getting it <laughs> like you think that that's you know like you're like oh yeah i'm on to something here I'm like i gotta it. keep keep this yeah, yeah. And i should definitely start all my promos with you see <laughs> <laughs> right i don't know how guys like jim Cornette have have stayed in the business as long as they have you know seeing just seeing iteration after iteration of of that jim Cornette, uh, and for you know for him being such a good promo he must he must have the patience of job to yeah. watch <laughs> the promos that came through some of those ring of honor camps and just sit there and and with a straight face be like all right okay well yeah. try and think constructed <laughs> yeah let me think Something how do that kid not to, to jump yeah. off, the, jump off yeah. the window how do i feed this guy something that isn't um okay where is your bag and please get it and get the fuck out of my presence <laughs> well where do i how do what i say to this guy besides is someone pranking me is this a joke <laughs> yeah how do i put this lightly get the keys to your vehicle and go drive it into a bridging bank <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you want to do you know what i mean it's, it's, no matter what yeah. the uh critique was if it wasn't yeah. you're the best ever matt taven i was like well that's it i gotta right. i gotta drive off a, a mountain tonight <laughs> yeah yeah oh man all right those are painful painful uh years in this industry the <laughs> the growing pains um obvious what's that They've, it's never ended the painful years have continued <laughs> to this day. yeah it's just a different kind of pain yeah it's a different kind which of one pain. hurts more <laughs> <laughs> all right so ring of honor obviously um you you have a a heralded run there um we spent time there uh together for sure um ring of honor tv title you beat baby oh yeah you do remember Beat the baby are you looking at my are you looking at my my wikipedia is that what no, you're he's doing? reading the show notes that we have <laughs> are you reading my the show notes? Oh, i'm looking at a naked picture awesome. of you that's awesome <laughs> yeah frank dennis i no longer trust either. 
you are <laughs> yeah, supposed that, that to be was... here to make me look good, not. <laughs> well, I should have realized that you were reading because you were like, you beat <laughs> baby. <laughs> huh? And how'd you feel about that? Uh, you beat Britt Baker <laughs> yeah. for the ROH TV title. You were in Britsburg, <laughs> which I was this, and then I found out it's not actually Britsburg. It's not a real place, really. It's not a real place. It's That's actually Britsatoni because That's she's actually from Punxsutawney, PA. Oh, that's disappointing. Which is close to Pittsburgh, which is close to Pittsburgh. I understand why she reps Pittsburgh, but (sighs) I went to uh, Groundhog's Day in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, me and Dalton. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw the picture. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, It turns out that that as soon as she saw the picture, she was like, I'm from there. I'm like, there's 5,000 people from this town. How do you happen to be one of them? But 10,000 people show up for Groundhog's Day. It's, uh, It's insane. Bill That's Murray's been going there been. since like the mid nineties. <laughs> so, huh? He did. Bill Murray's been going there every day since the mid nineties. <laughs> I wanted so bad for a Bill Murray appearance to happen. I was like, I know it's not going to happen, but what if I'm there? You know, Bill shows up random places. What if this is the year? It, it didn't happen, but I was holding out. Bill hard. Murray came to my tenth uh, birthday party. I heard. I heard. Yeah, he made yeah. balloon animals. <laughs> I also, uh, since I was in PA this weekend, I went to where they filmed Kingpin, uh, the bowling alley where they filmed uh, oh. Kingpin, and the lady I loved who, his hair in that. Dude, that's how I he look after matches. Hair, yeah, <laughs> sweetest hair. Uh, the lady who runs the bowling alley joint. When I when I asked her, "This is the the bowling alley from Kingpin," she was like, "Smile from ear to ear." She's like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, it is." Please let me show you my scrapbook. She had no. all these pictures of Bill Murray bowling there and stuff. Did she do yeah. this? Ah. I made her just. To, I was like, "Can I get a quick video of you?" Can you? Can you? <laughs> you know, for the movie. You know, for the movie. Uh, that's one of the only things I remember from that movie. But it's actually, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a good movie. All right, so Adam Cole. Yeah, he beat Adam Cole. Um, did you how did you feel uh back then about the match with Cole? If you can take yourself back to that time in your career, did you feel like okay, we're both you know younger guys kind of on the come up? Um, did you feel like you and Cole had good chemistry? You know, give give us the dirt. Like, did you hate Adam Cole? I want to state right here, right now, that I hate that piece of shit, Adam Cole. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he is a no good, that dirty no dog. good, rotten, adorable, great haired yeah. piece of shit. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. Uh, me and Cole met at a Terry Taylor seminar when we had like first started, like our first year in, and yeah. Cole started in April of 2008, and I started in March of 2008, but again. He's starting at 18 and I'm starting at 23. So we, we had known each other because, you know, we had felt like, Oh God, we're, we're starting at the same time, but he was kind of this like prodigy that got it real quick. Um, I was like the opposite of a prodigy. I started at 50. What, what is the opposite of a prodigy? An Um, oddity? (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like an odd. I was one of the oddities. One of the oddities. I was a uh, goal wrestling at fifty. John Tenta. Yeah. Yes. All right. The... So continue, please. My interruption is no. It was a good one. It was worth it. Um, and now I have no idea where I was. Uh, uh, he he being a prodigy. Prodigy. Yeah, I'm, that, prodigy. That's it. I'm done putting him over. That's that's enough. Um, <laughs> so, but like we had known each other, and again, like him and he, I always felt like his class was right before ours. Of like him, uh, Bennett, Elgin, O'Reilly, Tommaso. They had all been signed yeah. almost in unison, uh, kind of like the year before us. Um, right. So, I had always I had known Cole and felt you know very. Um, comfortable because we had had like some weird you know tags or or multi-man stuff together so i always liked working with them but that first night was probably one of my favorite matches of that entire television title reign because i look back at that time and almost i almost look back at it with a lot of regret because i feel like if i could do it over now once i had found my voice in wrestling um it would have been so much better. You know what I mean? Like we could have taken that thing so much yeah. further. And like yeah. they had put me with Truth Martini because I hadn't found my voice. But right. I I feel like I that's one of the times of my career where I almost wish I could get it back. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's so many fantastic opportunities that 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 happened during that time period. And I, I don't think that it was a bad job that i did um and me and truth have talked about this i he's like you're too hard on yourself about that and i was like no man like i could we could have like really i I had certain visions uh in my head of what it could have been and i felt like it just kind of came up short and then there was some outside factors with that you know the hoopla gimmick was was a very sexual gimmick and yeah the the first time that we showed up on tv after i'd won the television title was a time like i took the belt out of my pants like it was a Mm -hmm. giant penis and uh and like they they (laughs) we had gotten in trouble for it because certain stations didn't want to air it the way it was so they blurred it out so when they aired it, right. it just blurs me out down to my knees. It makes me look like the greatest <laughs> dude of all time. I was like, yeah. tell them to air that one. Don't air the actual one. Air the one with yeah. the, the blurred out one. But yeah. uh, after that, we we definitely had kind of the eye on us. Like, hey, don't don't be going crazy yeah. here with the gimmick. And not to say that that hampered it. Uh, but it definitely put me a little bit on my heels. And I think like, I look back at that time now and I'm like, there was some good stuff that I, if I could do it now, I know I, I, it would be probably one of the most memorable parts of, of my career because of what I know me and truth could do and like the hoopla hotties, all the the whole package was was so good that uh, I almost feel like I, I, I wish I could do it again. Yeah. Well, I, I think too, though hindsight being what it is, is you you're going to see a lot of stuff like that. But it's all been a part of the gerbil's journey to get you here, you know, yeah. and for you to be who you are today. Um, it's not exactly the same without that being the the missed opportunity that it was. And, and with, know, so it's got its place. It's a thousand percent that's what it was because it made me change my mindset after that of like what i need to do and i remember and and again there's so many people 
that we were there with at the same time who are my peers who are signed that day or my age, you know what I mean? Cole's <clears throat> younger than me. So I'm watching him kind of take off and I'm like, ah, oh, missing. He, I'm, yeah. I'm missing certain things and I'm seeing him and my friends and Bennett and stuff like that. And two big things happened that really turned stuff around. Uh, my confidence in the ring went through the roof with working with Jay lethal um, in my television title run. When, when we worked together, it was like, I I'd always looked up to Jay because man, the, the guy's been on TV since he was like 12 years old. And yeah, he's another I, one I, that started at seven. Yeah. And I had watched him do everything, you know, beforehand. And uh, I always thought he was so good in the ring. And then to like kind of hold my own with lethal, I was like, oh, okay, I got this. And then when they they put us all in one group with Mike, Maria, myself and and Cole, and I wasn't necessarily scared to kind of put myself out on a limb more because I had backup you know what i mean like yeah. if i go up and fuck up a promo i can just hand the mic to cole and he'll he'll take it yeah. from there type deal yeah. yeah so i felt like this kind of this freedom of like i can say whatever the fuck i want at this point like yeah. i can do whatever who yeah. cares i got and, no rules uh, yeah exactly <laughs> there's one rule um so it was just kind of one of those times where it's like okay i after working with lethal it felt like i got the in-ring stuff i know my style in the ring and how it fits in ring of honor and then once we had started the, the original kingdom, I felt like, all right, I, I, I have to turn the camera on. I have no problem staring at the red light and, and now and, yeah. and just kind of saying my thing. Yeah. Um, I remember, uh, I remember that time and, um, like it, yeah, it did, it did seem like there was a good number of us that were really figuring it out yeah. at that time. And then yep. it got really exciting because I think a lot of people started getting it at the same time. And it created a, just a dynamic um, sort of locker room. I mean, you had guys like the Briscoes who had already figured it out, you know, Jay Lethal, who had already figured it out, you know, yeah. long ago. But then you had this new crop of people, um, the one that, that were, you know, kind of came in with us that were figuring it out. Um, you had the even younger behind us, like the ACHs and, yeah. uh, of the world. Um, but then you had the guys like Cole and Kyle who were right before us and Tommaso who were like, just kind of adding another layer and, yeah. and all of these stages of development really just kind of made, man, I, I, that was a hell of a locker room. That ROH, like from 2013 to 2015, it's even 16 ROH is like untouchable. I mean, the tag division alone with like Briscoes, Young Bucks, you guys, us, Caprice Coleman and Cedric yeah. were an awesome team. Like, Yeah, they were. It, it, it's just like the, it, up and down the roster. It was so but, – but that's also what made it so good was that you had to compete so hard to kind of right. stand out on those shows. And yeah. I think at a time that everyone was finding their voice also at the same time, I was like, well, I'm not going to be left behind. Like I, yeah. I have to get better quick. Agreed. So, Agreed. Um, it just kind of like, you know, it, it felt like you were in that pressure cooker and you had guys yeah. like Roddy and Steen um, yep. that, you, you know, always were there to kind of help people. But at the same time, you're like, how do I get to where, to what you're doing? Like I, yeah. I need to catch up to you. 
Uh, well, and they always maintained a bit of a competitive edge. And I, I yeah. think having guys like Steen and Roddy in the locker room is important because um, it does keep things competitive. And I think that that's when pro wrestling is at its best is when, when guys are, you know, not being petty or shitty about things, but just like competing. Like you're not going to outdo me tonight. Like, no, yeah. people are going to be talking about my match. I think every rod, every locker room needs a Roger Strong. I think uh, <laughs> I think when you guys all left, uh, the, there was a big hole in the, in the locker room. Um, yeah, from just because everyone was so close. But you yeah. know, Roddy being able to kind of lead lead that locker room um, was was definitely missed. Yeah, yeah, Roddy was that guy for for us at that time for sure. I remember that. Um, but so best times of my my wrestling life i look back at i mean i think i did i don't know can you tell the story about san antonio is that okay for you to tell <laughs> the alamo what <laughs> are we telling here <laughs> i, mean, I don't know remember it <laughs> i probably don't listen bob the slob um <laughs> is no longer uh on the planet earth i, I don't know well, where. I, I don't think slob. i'm gonna get you in any more trouble it's not even that bad uh <laughs> Tell it. Tell it. I'm going to tell it. But anyway, yeah. San Antonio, it was like 2015. Yeah. Um, it was We were doing an angle with you guys where like Cole, it looked like Cole was going to join up with, with Red Dragon and, and like yes. leave us and we we're teasing that. But um, earlier that day, we had like a wrestler's court. And so like everyone's. I do remember a, wrestler's court. That wrestler's oh, court in San Antonio. I, oh, no, I can't tell that back story because it's, right. it's insane. But Wrestling's court is always good for for the locker room morale. It always kind of gets <laughs> everyone hyped and get going. So everyone's full of piss and vinegar. This show's going off without a hitch. Everyone's having a great time. Bobby and Kyle go out and do their. Oh, Bobby does this thing because Kyle's. Um, no, it's Bobby and Kyle and a tag. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And the, you guys go out have a great match. You came back. Everyone's just kind of feeling you know like oh what are we doing tonight blah blah. blah. And someone had edibles, and Bobby was like, I'll take one. He's <laughs> an edible, and I kind of don't think about it. And then I I come back over to Bobby, and I was like, Bobby, did you just eat that edible? He's like, yeah, why? He's like getting dressed and stuff, about to leave. I go, you have to come out for the main event. Like, you have to, <laughs> you have to come out and run me off. And yeah. Bobby's face just, like, instantly was like, oh, <laughs> shit. So he stopped. he stopped getting dressed. And it was this whole thing where um, Kyle, you know, we end up jumping. Cole looks like he's going to have Kyle's back. No, Cole turns on Kyle. The kingdom jumps on Kyle. Bobby's supposed Ooh. to come out, supposed to come running through that curtain, house of fire, <laughs> jump on me, blah, 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 get me out of the ring, yada, yada. We're on Kyle, and I'm looking at the curtain because no one's coming. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I see Bobby come through the curtain like he just stepped into the wrong room. Like, <laughs> looking around on the ramp, yeah. looking at the yeah. light, staring at all of them. I said to Ben, I was like, oh, shit. I said, I go, stay here with Kyle. So Bobby finally, like, slowly walks to the ring as his tag team partners get, yeah. you know, beat up by <laughs> by three guys finally right. to, like, well. to the point it's taking so long that i like i'm reaching towards bobby to get him in the ring <laughs> and so like finally bobby gets in the ring and we're we're playing patty cake a little bit and i'm like bobby throw me out 
Bobby, throw me out. Bobby, you got to get rid of me. <laughs> Nothing's registering on Slob's yeah. face at this point. He's well. just where I just, I don't know if you remember this. I just tackled you and we rolled through the ropes and we just lied on the outside. That was yeah. just to get us out I, of the situation. I just but, wanted to be safe. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, will never I remember forget. just thinking, I got to get out of this. Like, <laughs> somehow I got to I will get never forget as long as I live, the look on your face when you came through that curtain was like, yeah. What? Yeah. How did yeah. I end up here? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't for public consumption at that point. <laughs> I tr I when when that came out, I tried so hard to see if there was any camera angle of you coming out, but there's nothing until you hit the ring. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good times. Good times. Good times. We did. I, you know. Lots of stories come from those uh, those road trips, and and not even like you know gross stories like the ones we heard growing up, where guys were shitting in other people's bags wow. and you know mean shit and stupid stuff, or like you know running trains on <laughs> rats and stuff like that. Like we really were just like very adolescently so stupid. Yeah, but it was like idiots. It was like somebody just unleashed these idiots on themselves. There was one like time there's the babysitter decided that we were going to do nothing but talk like Randy Newman for an entire weekend. <laughs> so it'd be like, hey, Bobby, Bobby yeah. Fish, Fish yeah. is here swimming in. And like, I don't know, we just make up dumb. And we drove Maria so crazy that she like refused to drive with us at that point. She was like, I can't. If you guys go do the Randy Newman thing this whole time, I cannot do this. It's like a two hour right. drive. It was just right. that's we're just doing dumb stuff like that all the right. time. Well, she married him. So he did something right. Yeah, well, that was Mike. Mike just, you know. Mike. Oh, I thought you said Mike. No, me and Dalton. Dean Dalton, oh, Dalton. Randy Newman. Oh, okay. She didn't marry Dalton. <laughs> no, she didn't marry this Dalton. This would be a whole different uh very story different. If very different. <laughs> I actually yeah. married uh Mike and Maria. You were you were at the wedding, yeah. no? Yeah. 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 That was a good time. That was a great time. Yeah. There's a lot was. of good times at that time of uh Ring yes, of Honor. It was. Yes, it was. I I will remember and and I hate to even bring it up because again, I at the risk of bringing this to a screeching halt, but I remember the night that you broke your leg on the garbage. Uh, well, I did more than just that. I blew out my ACL, both meniscus. Yes. Yeah, it was it was a good one. Oh, that that why'd you break that night up? <laughs> I don't know. I it just it came because it was around this Thanks, time. Man. It was circa this, and um, you know, I like to. I, <laughs> I like that to day was so things. weird. It almost like you know when like those you get that feeling like huh, I feel like something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> you had that before. I had that it, feeling, and even really? Maria said something afterwards. Like I had a weird feeling about today uh, too. And uh, like, it was just so much weird stuff going on. Like we knew Mike and Maria were probably leaving and going to TNA. Yeah, I there was talks that. about like, what's going to happen with me and Cole in the kingdom. Are we going to join this? Are we going to join another group? Are we going to stay as this part? What am I going to, my contract was coming up soon. Like, what am I going to do? Right. And um, we ended up being cut for time. 
um we we weren't going to have a very long match with war machine anyway but we ended up getting some time cut right from the start and i remember us being like no screw it let's let's go crazy let's just start hot we'll cut out some some of the opening stuff we'll start you know crazy and uh within the first two minutes of the match uh we go to do like the spike pile driver on the outside and i just happened to land kind of like half on one of the outside mats half on the concrete and my leg shook like I was going through the moguls, uh, like I was going downhill skiing. And I, I, you, you've done that. So I'm not sure if it was the same experience for you, but I, I wasn't sure what happened. It just felt yeah. like, huh, my leg's numb. I know something's not right, but right. I don't. Is this what an ACL feels like? You know what I mean? I was like, did I just yeah. twist my knee? Am I? Am I gonna am I gonna hold my knee and go down and ends up being nothing? And now everyone looks at me like, what was that yeah. all about, you little bitch? Nothing even happened. So I was like, yeah. I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. And I think when I initially hit the ground, I think I tore my ACL. I might have done some meniscus damage. I had smashed the bones together so bad that it had broke part of um part part of the tops of like my femur and stuff like that. Um Yikes. but I kept wrestling and yeah. we went like another 10 minutes. And the part that I think like really did some damage was that my lateral meniscus ends up in the back of my leg. It's like in my hamstring oh when my they officially fish it, fish it out to do surgery. And I think that's because I go to try to do a spin kick, but I have no ACL. So literally it just twisted like this. And I think that made my, my meniscus shoot up my leg because there was nothing to stabilize the the two bones twisting. Right. And so it kind of, it you know, spun it almost up into oh. my leg. And I remember at that point kind of seeing that like flash of white, you know, when you're like really hurt and it's like, oh, yeah. something bad happened. Um, and I thought I was going to look down and it would be like Sid, you know, like my leg would just yeah, be like yeah. in there. Yeah. But my, it wasn't bad. And uh, Ray, who I love, and this is, you know, I, this nothing against ray because it's my fault ray grabs me because he's supposed to suplex me and yeah. he grabs me and goes are you all right and uh i just don't say anything <laughs> i'm in such like shock i just kind of like look at him and yeah. I, I mean i looked at him not in a way that was like no i'm not all right i think i just like looked at him like what's up and so he suplexes me boom i <laughs> land on the ground and I remember at that point, I was like, yeah, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> this is yeah. this is it. And then Mike came over to me um, and it was almost, you know, not to be overly dramatic, but I, 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 I look at it like when you're watching like a war movie and it's like, and people are just kind of walking around. Is that weird? <laughs> like buzz because yeah. I couldn't say anything and like I couldn't, everything was kind of muffled. And Mike came yeah. over and was like, are you all right? I think I'm going to go in and take the finish. Should I go in and take the finish? And I just kept staring at him. I didn't yeah. say anything. And this one fucking guy is right here in the crowd as I'm lying down going, Botchamania, Botchamania. Oh, but, and I just remember thinking to myself, like, I, I'm so hurt right now. Something terrible has just happened. But right. damn, I hope I don't make it on Botchamania. Oh my God. <laughs> I hope this guy isn't right. Uh, yeah. So. Well, that's also part of what sucks about the, you know, uh, just the wrestling fan per se. It, it, we love them. But at the same time, um, because this business is not um, 
professional football and it's not professional baseball. Like it's just taken as a joke sometimes. And like this stuff isn't real and, and we're not experiencing anything real. Like it's theater, but it's, it's, it's a different kind of theater. And uh, I think it being its own animal, like people don't know how to, how to respect it and um, not, I, I don't know. I, I think the line gets crossed more times than not. Well, I think it's because people don't look at us as real people. They look at us as characters. Like yeah. when, you know, Johnny Depp is Edward Scissorhands. He's Edward Scissorhands for the movie. And then you yeah. see him as Johnny Depp. Right. You are Bobby Fish 24 hours a day. So they right. look at you as the character is Bobby Fish. And so yeah. when I talk about him, I'm talking about a character. And it's like, no, I... I really am Bobby fish. Like I, yeah. I'm living, breathing Bobby fish. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I, I'm an actual human, but I, I yeah. think a lot of times because this is, you know, a, a show in so many aspects that people look at us as not humans, as just like yeah. these characters, almost these toys that they can play with. Yeah. Um, yeah. which, you know, agree. you know, has its downfall sometimes, especially when it's, you blow out your yeah. ACL and your entire knee and someone's screaming, <laughs> and the screaming mania. Yeah. You know, it, it, can, it can be a little much uh, at times like yeah. that. Thank you, you piece of shit <laughs> who's never done an athletic thing in your life. Yeah. Thank you for criticizing my athletic performance. And it was just piece like of shit. <laughs> it was like he was the only one in the room. It was me holding <laughs> my leg, and it was just this one guy going, Botchamania. Just <laughs> botchamania, just chasing you. Gonna, you're gonna be on room the room. Botch I could get up and whoop your ass right now. Botchamania, All right, well, let's uh, let's move on from botchamania, please, please. Um, all right, uh, six man tag champs, Ring of Honor, Kingdom. <laughs> Just read your bullet points. <laughs> yeah, let's go there. Let's go there. Well, um, so, jeez. Uh, <laughs> what a transition. Did I just skip a bunch of shit? Yeah, no, no. Uh, <laughs> just that, you know, I mean, we're, we're uh, yeah. So, Bobby, Red Dragon, go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Undisputed Era? Yes. So you, okay, you guys uh -huh. did work Red <laughs> so Dragon. Who's that? Who's Red <laughs> Dragon? <laughs> um, well, the, the second version of the kingdom really kind of was all because of what happened with the injury. Um, yeah. There was so much juice behind the kingdom still at that point, And actually, we were doing really well merchandise-wise. So we didn't want to yeah. give up the name, the kingdom. Uh, Cole, some one of the options that was that was, you know, thrown out to us ended up happening for Cole with him joining the the bullet club. Um, and so when, you know, I had nine months to kind of think of a, of a game plan and Hunter really wanted to keep the kingdom going. And he also said like, Hey, I'm having a six man tag tournament probably around the time you're coming back. We're going to get these six man titles off the ground. If that's something you want to think about. So, you know, I kind of came up with like a, a game plan of how to keep the momentum that I had before, but have something fresh and new. Um, and I wanted to kind of keep that feeling that the original kingdom had, because in reality it was just, just friends, you know, that, that yeah. were lumped together on TV. 
uh, me and Mike had known each other coming up in New England together. Obviously, yeah. Mike and Maria. Um, so, you know, Maria became part of our crew. And, you know, me, yeah. Cole, Eddie Edwards, and Roddy Strong were a big kind of tight unit. Um, yeah. Behind the scenes. Yeah, a little gang that would go out together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that. (laughs) And so, like, it it was just kind of like a natural thing. So when it was time to come back and who to team me up with, I wanted guys that that were close to me and that had that would come across the same way as the original kingdom would on TV. So it was really a no-brainer for Vinny Vincent to be part of it. Vinny's a guy that I've known since like the first days of wrestling. He trained with me at Spike Dudley School. And he had also been a guy that Ring of Honor was looking to work in. He had done some stuff. Um, he wrestled Jay Lethal for the title when they came to Rhode Island. He had done really well at all the camps. So they were looking to bring him in anyway, and it was just kind of a natural fit. And then this other guy, TK Orion, came up in the Spike Dudley School as well and was just kind of one of those guys that picked it up so quick. He was two years in. He was a former collegiate baseball player, um, just kind of a natural athlete and really impressed a lot of people at at his ROH uh, camp tryouts. Uh, big Steve Carino was a big fan of him. Um, so when I pitched the idea of like, hey, the three of us are all from the same school. We travel together already. Why, did, why isn't this just the next version of the kingdom? Uh, you know, luckily Hunter and, and the other people that were around in the office were trusting in, in the fact that I, I promised them that this would have the same chemistry as the, the original kingdom and, and we we're off yeah. and running. So th- the really cool thing about that group is that it stayed together for so long. I mean, yeah. it, we went for three years together um, until we finally did the turn with Vinny. But in that time, you there were so many other groups in wrestling that had broken up and turned on each other or changed members or leaders or yeah. this and that. And all that time, we were a consistent group that you could always fall back on. So, like, we were right. three-time six-man tag titles, but it was because when things started moving and shaking and, and parts started kind of – you couldn't rely on certain parts to be there. You, you could always rely on the kingdom. Yeah, um, so it, cool. it really kind of was one of those things that, I mean, besides for a group like the new day, uh, I can't think of any group that stuck together, like yeah. the, an actual crew that never changed members for that long, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. I, I think you have a successful group and immediately people are booking, you know, fantasy booking the breakup and yeah. it's just so overdone. And yeah. so been there, done that, that like, I don't know. I mean, some of the stuff that I've been a part of, like I didn't, I just didn't see the point in it. And, and Mm. I don't know. I mean, I guess you do the breakup because you can do the reunion down the road and then you get twice the money or whatever. But I do think it's something that although in a business where everything is recycled, um, maybe that is recycled too much because it just becomes predictable. And that's, that's the word for it. Everyone was always waiting like, Oh, when is this, when is this going to happen? You know? And like, yeah, I think we waited to the point where people weren't expecting it because it had gone for so long that it was like, Oh, this will, this will never happen. So, um, I, I was very, very happy with that. And at the same time, like, you know, any group is to produce stars, you know, it's to, to kind of, especially with the, the youngest member of the group, you know, usually you think that person's going to kind of pull out Indian run the entire group and come to the front. Yeah. And there was, it was like twofold. I was appreciative that 
delirious thought that I could kind of hold a group of, of new names in and, and that my name was strong enough to kind of hold that group together. But yeah. at the same time, it, it lit a fire under me, like a competitive one of like, I'm not just going to be the guy that launches these other guys. Like I want them right. to become stars, but I want this to launch me as well. Like this is, right. this is going to be yeah. my vehicle as well. Um, yeah. And at the same time, you know, my, my first match back from injury was in Mexico. I had started to really, um, kind of make a name for myself in Mexico. So it's just yeah, kind of that. all the things were, were really kind of coming together. And, uh, I, I, I felt like at that point, like I, I knew exactly how Matt Taven, you know, would brush his teeth, would eat breakfast. I knew the voice of this, this character more than right. ever. Right. That's a unique place to, to get to. And, and I, I've, I hate to belabor it because I've said this before, possibly on this podcast, but like, there's only so much expediting of all of that process that can be done. Like you yeah. can't just leapfrog and be like, oh, well, yeah, but I'm a great athlete or I'm a great talker. or I'm a great this or I'm a great that. Like you just find it when it almost finds you. Yeah, really. And that, that's and that's how it goes. And you like, know? you know, a lot of the things that I kind of started using as like my – go-to stuff like even the i'm matt taven you know like that was just something i did to pop the boys one time in a match yeah, i got up shit. on the ropes and just started screaming matt taven, <laughs> right. just to make, i think i was just trying to make dalton laugh or something right. just like to to be an idiot and i got i remember the reaction it got i was like oh shit that this yeah. i think i got something there and yeah like, calling, I, people, calling people melvins like that came from yeah growing up playing you know madden with your friend and talking kids <laughs> to your friend i remember you know calling him a frontal wedgie and saying that he was a melvin and all this stuff and then like <laughs> it was mentioned on south park and i was like i told you that's what it's called yeah and, yeah. and like years later as a joke i told him i was like i'm gonna call someone a melvin in my next promo just as in honor of you and i was like yeah that's it i'm, I'm using it you know yeah so it's just kind of one of those things, like you said, it just kind of, it finds you and it's really trial and error. So many yeah. things you throw against the wall that don't stick. a lot of them don't work. <laughs> yep. So much that doesn't stick. I, it's not my story to tell it's Cole's, but I, I bring it up a lot, but Cole's baby thing, you know, came from, from a similar place. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's over as fuck, you know, and it, it's something that I know in Brooklyn, um, when we debuted for NXT, like the whole building said it with him. And it yeah. was like, that was confirmation that, okay, they do know who we are because I know Kyle and I were worried. Like this is WWE. Are they going to even know who the fuck we are? Oh, that was <laughs> what a moment that was though. Yeah. When everyone said it, I was like, holy sh I, I mean, I yeah. thought it was such like a, uh, we we're all so happy for you guys, but it also very much validated all the work that the guys in Ring of Honor and New Japan it were did. doing. You it know? validated everyone because I think also at that time, coming off the tail end of like NXT was the place to be at that point, but those takeovers were so electric, and it was because right. of guys like Sami Zayn, like Kevin, like uh, Fergal. You yeah. know, they they were like considered the best of the best, and. NXT had them, you know, and, and they were all coming from a, a, a similar cloth of was that like ring of honor, Japanese influenced sort of prototype, you know, the, the modern day 
worker, so to speak, of you, our generation. You nailed it. I mean, I remember always wondering like how that style would translate to WWE. And I remember watching Claudio and, and Sammy wrestle at NXT and doing an, a, a Ring of Honor match, but with WWE yes. production and yeah. being like, oh my God, it's happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, happening right before your eyes it truly is yeah. yeah and now you look at it and it, and it, it just you know i mean to see kevin doing what he's doing and sammy doing what he's doing and talk what about seth rollins like oh, my yeah. god i mean yeah. talk about like we talked about like when you're finding your voice and when you when you find it as opposed to when you don't know it i feel like he did that a long time ago but he's finding like the second coming of that voice yeah something. Almost, it's I, I yeah and this one almost seems like more him it's like he got yeah. deeper into it it's almost like how did he do that you know yeah and he's one of those guys that's been amazing for so long i remember being in the right. building when roddy beat him for the title and like how electric it was in the manhattan center yeah. who wanted to be there to send him off and be like, thank you for everything. But he was so good. He got that crowd to boo him. So Roddy would get over beating right. him for the title. You know what right. I mean? It was just like, man, hats off to you. And to see him still doing it. I mean, it's kind of one of those things you expect because he's always been that good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I don't want to make this a Ring of Honor love fest, but when you Let's just talk it. about the the talent that has come through uh, that place and continues to produce um, in the industry to this day at the highest level, um, really, uh, you know, it's it's nice to know that that stuff did start to get over because there was a time like when I was first exposed to it that it was like you know, it was, it was kind of poo-pooed like, yeah. oh, well that's the indie style. And that's just too indie for, for uh big production, et cetera, et cetera. And like that's you said, started. no, when you combine the two, I mean, that's, that's modern day pro wrestling right now, as we know it is, is Sami Zayn, you know, yeah. <laughs> headlining WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, I remember uh, that exact cool. feeling like that, that wasn't WWE, that style, you know what I mean? It was right. like, there's a ceiling with that style. Yeah. And now that ceiling's WrestleMania. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's fucking awesome. It really but, is. It's, it's one of the things that makes me still love this industry. And I think that's why, you know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, what, what was paid for the ring of honor name and library. <clears throat> when you think about that library, that could be a, a goal, an absolute gold mine. You know what I mean? <sighs> if, if someone agreed, if someone knows what they really have, I mean, Tony obviously knows what he has, but I mean, like if a streaming or a cable company realizes what kind of gold mine that, that honor yeah. club and that, that yeah. library is, I mean, someone yeah. could really, you know, put out some of the best matches of our generation are all sitting there in that, in yeah. that library, just waiting to be exposed to a bigger audience. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully Josh uh, listens to our podcast boys. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> Josh. So Josh is uh is he president of the, the network we're Matt, on? Matt probably yeah. knows him because Matt didn't Matt do the Cardona thing a few weeks Josh, ago. Josh uh yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah. That name's I probably recognize the face. Yeah. So I think he uh hosted or emceed 
That, oh yes, yes, I know exactly. Okay, I know exactly what you're yeah. talking. He owns the this. He owns your your. He's, uh, he's your part network. of it. Yes, he's he's yes. one of the talent people. Well, I mean, <laughs> well said. Well said. He's going to have talent. All right. Well, talent he holds Matt's bag. He holds Cardona's bags. Oh, his ball bag. <laughs> Yahtzee. All right. I'm going to put it out there. We're going to have to do a part two because there's just not enough time. To, I, I need more Matt Taven. I just, you know what? We can do this. Once in a while. <laughs> you know what we cannot do is have uh, Dalton Castle on because uh, um, we tried that. Uh, Dalton and I tried to have a podcast many years ago and oh, I, nothing I love, was ever accomplished. Ever. I love that podcast. I'm pretty sure I was your only listener after a while. <laughs> you might, Yeah, I'm pretty sure you were the only. It was an audience of Matt Taven. <laughs> No, that podcast was fantastic. What was the name of that podcast? Um, mimosas and coffee or something? Coffee mimosas and... and um, Dribbles. Coffee and mimosas or something. Uh, coffee and uh, dildos or something like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was it. Yeah, yeah I think that was yeah. it. <laughs> you Broke you, back coffee. A big, you know... Um, thing that you still used to always go back to on that podcast was talking about how you ate too much cheese and how you couldn't poop. What? I did. I've never been a big cheese eater. I don't mm-hmm. like cheese. Yeah. <laughs> there was a couple times you mentioned how you're all bound up because of your cheese. And I remember oh, thinking to myself, you think? really? I don't know. I've never I, start, been a big I, I started eater. picturing cheese as like a spider web holding all my stool no. in. And I, I, I you I sure it wasn't Dalton? Because I've never been a big cheese eater ever. Maybe maybe you were just saying it for the. And gang. I'm definitely not now because I'm I'm vegan. <laughs> I'm a vegan. So is Dalton. What happened? What did you guys do? Uh, I don't know. We lost. You can our... never enjoy real we... pizza again. <laughs> Neither one of us have enough testosterone or something. <laughs> I don't know. We started eating soy. Yeah, and the thing that I'm sucks is when, <laughs> when you're on the road with with Dalton, you have to, you know, stop at a place where he can eat too, or you stop at like a vegan restaurant. <laughs> vegan cheese is disgusting. It's disgusting. Uh, yeah. Well, there's some that's not bad, but I'm not a big cheese eater anyway. So bite your tongue. Vegan vegan pizza. I love pizza in all shapes, forms, styles. Vegan mm-hmm. pizza, disgusting. You're not allowed to come to my house. <laughs> Do you guys Ever. make a good vegan pizza there? Um, Is that your Friday nights? I can neither deny, uh, confirm or deny that, but I know the answer. No idea what that means. All right. <laughs> Me either. Me either. All right, gentlemen. Let's uh, until episode two. Let's um, let's wrap this up. And I'm not so, talking about my D. Do you have like an outro song? So no, like, we don't. We don't really have, I'm talking about uh, you we don't always really have, listen. Do the horse service body. announcement. Oh, God. Don't wrap it, Bobby, do the horse. Wrap that should be oh, your outro. <laughs> Take us home with the horse, Bubba. Wrap it. <laughs> wait, 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 this is the last thing before we leave. We were talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we were talking at Jay Briscoe's service about how we should get Bobby to do the horse, but he should start slow. A slow clap horse. And then 
we should have a, you know other people join him and give a full twelve horse salute for the big for the captain a twelve horse salute. <laughs> and then people would have joined in, and we would that's how you the procession would have started right then and there. We missed a good opportunity, Bobby. Yeah. Well, there we go, gentlemen. That's how you end it. And now we will bid you. I do. We should probably at least send some thoughts and prayers to Jerry Lawler, who had a stroke. Yeah. Yes, I did. Read what, I got an update on well. him. What's that? I got an update on him. You have an uh, update on him? Yeah, yeah. I actually know like his manager pretty well. Um, he's oh, doing okay. good. He's doing good. good. It was a little scary last night, but I guess he's now he's in solid condition. Full-blown stroke? Full-blown stroke, it looks like. Uh, oh. Last night, and so yeah. he was rushed to the hospital. And uh, but by by the time the news broke, he was kind of getting getting out of, out of the woods there. Okay, well, good to hear that he seems to be out of the woods. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I feel like this uh, <laughs> this industry, man. Oof. It's crazy for sure. It is. It is. But you know. The king's going to be throwing drop kicks and taking back drops in about a month anyway, so he, he'll be back at it. The king is Teflon. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Matt Taven. Until next time, fellas. You're Matt Taven. <laughs> uh, until part two. And there will be a part two because we just – we there's there's a whole bullet point checklist over here that you can't see, Matt, that we didn't get to. Well, I can see you reading them, so at least I know that there's more because your eyes scan up and down so, until you figure out where you are. I can't read. Botchamania. 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 All you little botchamanias. What you gonna do, brother? What botchamania was wild on you? <laughs> Oh, freak that's out, freak right out. There. the botchamaniacs. Botchamaniacs. Botch Hogan. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Botch Hogan. You just can't get through a match without just blowing the whole thing up. And then his followers would be the botchamaniacs. <laughs> they just love when he screws up. <laughs> and all he does is screw up. They wait for it. Uh, you screwed yeah. up. <laughs> I feel like I just described the man my wife married. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Botchamaniacs. What a good Until way to go. Yeah. Peace. Good night. <laughs>